1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Hi, I'm Mel and I'm Trish. And, and this, this is, is the Don't Give a 50, Fifty Podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you say. I like that. Oh, I like that one think, too. That was mine. I <laughs> think that was mine. 50 it's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and don't give a 50. Now, I feel we need to put a bit of disclaimer on our catch cry, Trish, because sometimes we very much
1: do give a 50. Well, we're trying not to give them as much of a 50 about the things that don't matter. Exactly. Don't sweat the small stuff.
0: We try. It's easier said than done. So even though we say we don't give a 50 about stuff all the time, there are times when
1: we definitely do. Just Mm -hmm. putting that out there. Yes. Trying to encourage people not to give a 50 about things that, don't really matter. But if you don't, beat yourself up about it. (laughs) Give a 50 and move on. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Give a 50 and just move right on.
0: So one of our 50ish tribe, Helena, left a review on the Apple podcast app and she said, thank you for keeping me company on my way to and from work and on my walks. As I navigate my way through my daily life, I have laughed and sometimes cried while listening to your podcasts. I'm a smidge past my 50s, 63, and she's got here. Eek. (laughs) And find your topics interesting, relevant. relevant and entertaining. You are both awesome role models, not only to current Don't Give a 50s, but to future Don't Give a 50s as well. Helena, you are divine and we love that you are 63. Remember, age is just a number to us. We're not ageists. Absolutely. We don't mind. That's why we say 50-ish because you don't have to be in your 50s. And
1: I love that Helena at 63 can navigate how to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. <laughs> it might be like <laughs> since your little tutorial. Yes. But anyway, well done. Ladies, if a Helena can do it, we can all do it. Thank you so much for taking the time to yeah, rate and, and review. Yeah, Helena. That really... Yeah, it's really touching. It's great. I love it. Thank you.
0: We can't it. tell you how much we appreciate it and how it helps us with the behind-the-scenes podcasting stats stuff. So thank you again. You are awesome, Helena. The we boring love you. stuff that we'd
1: like to ignore, but unfortunately it's part and parcel. It is.
0: So please keep the ratings and reviews coming. We have seen them starting to filter through again, which is awesome. It means yeah. the world. And please
1: share our podcast with another lady who... Needs to hear some of the stuff we're talking about. Yeah, and we think that you
0: are going to want to listen to today's Oh, my gosh. Trish and I are buzzing. We have just finished our chat with Susie Pettit, and I don't really know if I want to give too much more away to our gang.
1: Susie is so inspiring, Mm. and I know that we have talked to a lot of amazing ladies, and I know that we have learnt so much, but I still get blown away that... I still have more to learn. I still, Mm. and the way somebody can frame it differently than someone else really resonates and you go, yes, okay, I can do that, I can do that and I can do that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. look, Susie came in here an absolute bundle of energy. She is engaging. She is real with the most unbelievable story, and And we do fast track a lot of it because it would have been here. We'd be here for hours. With Susie
1: too, she's walked the walk. She has has uh, done.
0: uh, She's had some tough stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's some of it which we we didn't get to, Trish. Some of
1: it we didn't get to. We were
0: talking to her, but we did
1: get to a lot of it. Yeah, she's amazing. She She has some great information on. Codependency, boundaries, difficult relationships.
0: She has her own podcast called Love Your Life Show. She runs a monthly membership for Midlife Warriors. She is a certified parent life and wellness coach. She ha- she's a mum of five sons, ranging in age from eighteen to twenty six. She spent more than half her life living a life she did not love as a people pleaser and codependent perfectionist. And hit rock bottom and made some choices. And boy, oh boy, there Mm. was a lot going on there. What a journey. She spent the last 20 plus years passionately helping other women live the lives that feel as good on the inside as they look on the outside. So we were incredibly excited about the prospect of the chat and she didn't disappoint at all. She was brilliant.
1: And I'm really hopeful that you get a lot out of this because I just think so much of the information is so relevant. I and it was one it point help a, bit of, t- a bit of a therapy session for you, Trish, which, but me too. Well, I think I may have been taking over as a bit of a
0: one-on-one coaching session yeah, for I my know. own. But honestly, my my brain was just
1: absolutely racing at a million miles. I was relatively quiet. It I was the um, whole codependency and relationships and emotional intelligence and knowing when to get involved and when not to get yeah. involved is brilliant. And yeah. I think that everyone... Will have some relationship in their life that they can relate to that this will help them with.
0: I totally agree with you. So,
1: enough of us waffling. Here's Susie. Here's Susie. Susie, welcome to Don't Give a 50. And also welcome to Queensland. Yay. How exciting for you to just happen to be in Brisbane for us to
2: record face-to-face. I'm so excited. It's so exciting. And it's your here. first time. It's my first time. To in Queensland. The state and, yes, Brisbane, Queensland, all of it. So oh excited. We're oh, showing off a me. bit with these
1: beautiful blue
0: skies oh, as it's well. It's gorgeous. Mm. I love it here. Yeah, mm.
2: I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But happy to have you here. It's awesome oh, to have you in the studio.
2: Thank you. I know. It's so fun. Thanks
0: yeah,
1: for cool. me. Susie, in the lead up to interview, Interviewing you today. I have been listening to some of your podcasts and one that I listened to was just left me mind blown Mm. about your backstory, about how you got like your then to now. We often ask our guests to give us a bit of backstory, but (laughs) if you could share yours, that would be great because I was really, Wow.
2: Yeah. That's well, a lot. <laughs> I like to share my backstory because I think sometimes people, myself included, I'll see people and I'm like, oh, they have it all together or it looks so mm. easy to be them. You know, we all know that us as humans, we all have struggles. And mine, certainly I have the <laughs> high point
0: of those struggles. Uh, you?
2: <laughs> I'd call yes. it a lot.
0: Yeah. And, for, and our some. F- for our 50ish tribe, we have been sitting in our little studio chatting to Susie before we hit record. And there is a lot, which is why we're laughing, but we're not really Really laughing, yeah. course, We shouldn't
1: be, but we're anyways, with you. We're laughing with some, you because you were laughing. Exactly. You have to laugh. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because yes.
0: it's
2: right. just full on. Okay, and so it we'll is,
1: now be quiet.
2: <laughs> yeah, take it away. I was raised in a house that was very codependent and had no boundaries, meaning that I was really put in. I was told that I was in charge of my parents' emotions. I was there were no real boundaries, and it's just be careful, don't make dad mad. And then add to that, my father. I was the oldest of three girls my father, the house was led by my dad. Like it was, everything r- rotates around dad. I remember from an mm. early age being told that I should have been a boy. Oh, time and time, one of the main mindsets that I'm still working on is women aren't good in business. It was just women. And so mm. it was all this, like from a very young age, I really internalized that I'm not worthy as I am. Like even just being, I'm wrong. I'm a girl, I'm not a boy. I'm, And yep. so I, I got into a very early stage, as many of us do as a people pleaser yep. and trying to, okay, Dad, so I'm not a boy, but how about if I'm the best on the field hockey team or what if I'm the smartest in my class or, and always seeking that approval and, yep. and all of that. And so then I took that mindset and <laughs> went to university and met a man that I was very much interested in people-pleasing and mm-hmm. still following that role and married him, had three wonderful boys and really was following almost like a role play or a, a it's like a movie script for how to be a good the woman. dream and show. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't aware enough. Now, looking back, I can see how both my dad and this first husband were very controlling. Like he, my husband he, uh, didn't want me to wear a button down shirt. He said they were slutty. And you know, there were so many different things that I was like, OK, or we're not going to go out with those people. It was just a very controlled. That coercive mm, control. Coercive control that I just was constantly seeking approval. So thinking, yep. OK, that's and feeling wrong. OK, I'll have to do it his way because my, my way is wrong. Yeah. And so then around age 32, one of my friends. And one of my best friends got an awful diagnosis of colon cancer. And we usually spent the weeks just getting together, complaining about our lives, and then and then rinsing and repeat, doing the same thing. Like, we'd complain mm. about our husbands or complain about the over-functioning that we're doing. And then this happened. That she so got you the, were aware of it. I, we were totally aware of it, but not doing anything <clears throat> to change it. And yep. also aware of it but also thinking like this is this is How, this, this is life this like is this outlawed. is just what we're doing yeah. and then she got the diagnosis and that was a big wake up call for me in all ways yeah and that sort of idea of oh my gosh like this is the life i'm living and so i started to shift i started to change. I always was interested in personal development and self-development, but I it was the kind of thing that I wasn't quote-unquote allowed to do in my house. Like, actually, my spending was very controlled by my first husband, and so I would go to the bookstore and get a self-development book, but I would cover it with duct tape so he oh wouldn't my know. Gosh. Yeah. And so I'm saying all this. He was never physically restrictive or abusive. Yeah. Isn't but, that funny? It's, yeah. oh, but he didn't do
1: this. Oh, yeah. but he didn't do it, right. this. It's, it's, it's not, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It's not bad enough. But mm. it is bad enough. It is bad enough. Yeah, but enough. we always put it into Oh, no. But yeah. yeah. And
2: at the time, I was like, oh, no, like this, I have, there was something in me that was like, I want to get the book, which was risky, you know, or mm. whatever. But there wasn't enough in me to be like, this is wrong for him to be able to tell me what to wear, what to read, who to talk to, what to eat. Anyhow, <laughs> midlife hit and 30 to 35, I was like, wait, something and I started to question. I started to push back. As things happened, our marriage started to go yeah. on the rocks. So, we, yeah, we went to therapists. I'm listening to your story. I can't yeah. imagine. Chip away. Okay. Chip away, mate. Chip away. Why a-
0: you had a gutful of him, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a gutful of him. Exactly. <laughs> I
2: don't even know. Him. <laughs> no. And I never will. And I don't <laughs> but, want to. But so this if, is not invited, mate. <laughs> not invited. <my, laughs> yes. You're not invited to in the party. <laughs> nope. But this is why I call people pleasing, people deceiving, because there was a part of me that was deceiving deceiving him. Like, I mm. I wasn't actively saying, hey, I want this. I wasn't pushing back. I, because of my programming, I, like, I, was, I wasn't I was physically, I was being emotionally and verbally abused, for sure, but I wasn't being mm. physically abused. So there was a part of me that was deceiving him, like, yes, I want to be a full-time stay at home. It was almost like robotic. Mm. Mm. <laughs> this is- part of that is your own safety as well. Yeah. For sure.
1: It's keeping am, the pace. It is.
2: Uh, it's so, absolutely. Yeah. And I still notice it in my nervous system because I it is very much like I was so afraid of, yep. one, a man's disapproval coming from yes. my dad. Yeah. That is what we do as kids. We yep. need safety mm-hmm. and belonging. And if we don't get it from our primary caretaker, we go day into day. these relationships. So yeah. I went into the relationship looking for it. Yep. And if he—if there was no approval or his anger, like that just shut my nervous system down. Mm-hmm. That's the cycle that I see a lot of women have. And I have a lot of compassion for that, where it's maybe you ask for something like something simple. I'm going to get a self-help book. And the person pushes back in a way that's scary to you. Then what we often do, like backstab. Oh no! Never mind. I don't need it. When it's this, mm-hmm. ah, and that just is an unhelpful cycle. Yeah. Yep. So marriage unraveling in that whole thing. My parents chose to support my ex. I I understand why because if they believed, basically, I remember my dad saying, "You're happy enough, Susie. Like just uh-huh. you're you got the man. Like this is you're, this is what a woman can hope for. You're happy enough." Oh, so and, his measure mm-hmm. of
1: success was, "You're
2: married. You've got mm-hmm. children." Yes. You're happy. My mom's measure <clears throat> of success, she came from a very poor background and married my dad, who was very wealthy, uh, was the money. And so <clears throat> she was like, what are you going to do? You're going to be homeless yeah. on the side of a street. And I said, I would rather be homeless on the side of the street with my boys than in this mm-hmm. environment. And so both of them. And teaching your boys that this is OK. For sure. So that's really it. what ended up breaking us was the difference in parenting that I it, like <clears throat> as a woman, I couldn't speak up for myself that like, OK, I want. This book, or I want to wear this shirt. Or, but when I saw these. I want my, to get the girls out. Exactly. Exactly. It's a time and a place for sure. And
1: Just, now you know, it's you not know, the time and on on let's let's
3: start, start talking
1: about getting the girls out. <laughs> <laughs> this girl's in the middle what?
2: of a marriage breakdown, and you're joking
1: about getting the girls out. There was no place for the girls in that
0: relationship. <laughs> no, that no, doesn't sound good. No like <laughs> I would be frightened for you yeah, if you exactly. don't. Right yes, There's no way. <laughs> Anyhow, my yeah. point is
2: that I then. Like I was motivated through caring for the boys in my mind, which I find happens a lot with women that when we can't yes. do it for ourselves then we're like, okay, I'll do it for the kids or I'll do it for the whomever. And so mm. that that's, that's ultimately so
1: true, you're mm. an inner bravery that you may not yeah. have
2: otherwise yeah. when it's your babies. But ultimately we would want women to have for themselves. But yeah, ultimately it's okay, however you get there, <laughs> it yeah. Yeah. exactly. We often get talk there. about
1: yeah. this. We can let ourselves
2: down, we won't let our kids or our friends down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting. So in that yeah. Yep. My parents, my Sided dad is him. very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And so his way of trying to influence me was to put the money behind my husband. And so trying, he said that he would pay for my husband's lawyer. He First of all, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've had no job for yeah. 19 years of the marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he said, he'd and then also I had a premarital document of my earnings before I married that I, in my people-pleasing way, signed my first husband on as like a joint account owner, but we never deposited in that account mm-hmm. after we were married. And yep. that account had grown to $495,000. And that was before all digital stuff. It, we were married mm-hmm. in 1996. And so there was a paper copy showing that it was my initial account and my dad on video phone with me shredded the document <laughs> trying to get me to, because then that meant all $495,000 of that went to my ex because the state that I lived in, which I think it's still in the books, Virginia in America, I was property of my husband. So all four hundred and ninety five hundred thousand dollars went to him. Also my dad saying he would pay for my ex's lawyer. So I was just left in this place and in Virginia you have to live if I had left as a woman, if I had left with my boys, I'd be I would be accused of kidnapping them and would then if I was caught and chased down, then I lose rights to have my kids. Or if I left without my kids while waiting for sort of the court battle to come out, it would be shown as abandonment. So I would lose rights to my kids. So instead, I stayed in our unfinished basement for a year with three kids. My oldest was, I think, 13. It was like 13, 10. And so we're like, yeah, I'm just sleeping in the basement in the cold because my back hurts. It was just... That'll uh. fix it. It was not a good situation, so...
0: I am dumbfounded, and we won't get onto the, the reasons behind your parents supporting him. One thing I do want to ask is, did you initiate the marriage separation, or was it mutual Oh,
2: 100% it was me. One of my most clear memories of my ex, and when so we went to four marriage counselors. The fourth one fired us. He said, we have to have two people who are actively willing yeah. to change. And the message was always that it was my fault, life. So after the fourth one, I just yeah. was like, this is enough. And so yeah. I did get the papers and I hand them to my ex. And one of my most clear memories is he just dropped to his knees and he was like, I will stay married to you for the rest of my life, even though I hate you. What are you doing to us? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and you <laughs> I put like, it so <laughs> nice non- there's I changed question. my mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, excellent. Okay. What was I thinking,
3: babe? We together.
2: <laughs> You're so right. Like, great. That's yeah. my vision of a happy marriage. Gosh, like, yeah. You hate so, me. Yeah. yeah.
1: So eventually the divorce came through. Divorce. You're came left through. with nothing. You've stayed in the house, so you do have did to not the stay boys? You did not stay at
2: the, uh, the no, house. The house. Un- until um, the divorce. And then sexual. I moved out to a rental, and we then split the boys 50-50. I couldn't nice. get, like, usually as a stay-at-home mom, you get, like, 70-30, mm-hmm. whatever. 50-50, and I just... Told myself at least that's fifty percent of the time that they're not yeah, under his verbal mindset. and emotional abuse. And
1: mm. so, yes. from that point to living in Australia, yes, how does mm. that happen? Yeah, so and that, yeah. obviously being pretty much, you know, it having was. to start from scratch financially.
2: Yes, having to start from
1: scratch. You no, know, it really. So what is, age were you when that? It was, Let's figure
2: that out. It was twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen, and what is it? And I'm fifty one. Ten years ago, forty one. Yeah. Or 40. To 42. The like my yeah. 40s were. The <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So I think it's important to note to people that this didn't happen overnight and it was small steps. That's what I'm always saying as a coach, like small hinges move big doors or small steps oh, make big. Oh, I like that? yeah like small steps and so at all points of this like I just had to have courage and the guts for the next thing so yeah. to hand him the papers and then I would spend time crying for two days and then and then it's okay and then I'll try to get custody for the kids but so it was small it's steps so true if you focused on uh-huh. everything right you, you, you just get overwhelmed and that's right and it's paralyzing so totally um, yeah so it was small steps I really I knew from enough of my studies. And I had then gone. Luckily, I had the foresight when I was still joined bank account with him to get trained at the life coach school, which is a school in America for life coaches. So I got my training. I started with all that. So that was a backbone to launch my coaching program. And I knew enough with my own years of coaching and therapy and books and all the stuff that I had hidden, that I had some stuff to work through, that that it was not just them, I had stuff too. So I really spent the first, that year in the basement and then another year and a half not thinking of men at all. And actually, if you would ask me then if I'd ever get married again, I would say, hell no. No way. And I just turned inward and was like, let's figure this stuff out, girl. We need to not be looking to men for your approval or if you're right or wrong and, and if you're making them feel a certain way. So I really turned inward. And I forget your question. <laughs> How did you get to Australia? How that did I get a... to Australia? Yes. In 2015, for my birthday in October, I decided I was going to start meditating because I had heard that was good for me. So I said I was going to yeah. do it a minute a day. And I got an insight timer. Yes. And then in February, I... I love that. A minute a day. A I mean, minute who a day. doesn't have a minute a day? That's, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Small mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Like, I knew if I did 10 minutes a day, I'd be like, it's too long. But yeah. a minute mm-hmm. a day, I'm. and you set your benchmark low, and you, and you have to be specific, small, yep. <laughs> scheduled is my three S's oh, of I like habit that. change. Yes. And so I was like, okay, one minute a day, you do it. And I got started, which helped me tremendously with all of the other stuff too, like yeah. the reactivity and the and taking responsibility for just meditation, to strengthening that muscle between maybe feeling a feeling and taking responsibility for it. And then on that meditation app, I met my now husband, which was just an amazing synchronicity experience of the universe. That's, that's <laughs> a ripper. Yeah. It is a r- I have a story. Oh, really yeah. Please share it yeah. with yeah. everyone. It's well, too we good. Well, we just, because as one, I, I, I just was doing some sleep meditations. And so I had left a review on a sleep meditation saying this one is great. And then I checked back a couple days later and someone had commented on my review saying, if you like this one, then you'll like this one. And I just saw his name and it said Paul from Wollongong. And I'm <laughs> over on the east coast of America. What kind of made up place is Wollongong? Like,
3: <laughs>
2: is
1: this so much <laughs> high me for well, sure. Because yeah. I live
2: outside of DC, so there's a lot of military and government there. I'm like, oh, he just is like trying to protect oh, him. My God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one thing leads to another, and that was in February. And at some point, we got off the Insight Timer app and we started WhatsApping back and forth and back and forth. And he said, "Do you want to come over?" And I was so I flew over in June of 2016, and that is I just actually yesterday we just celebrated our five year wedding anniversary. And oh, I just wow. posted there's a picture. From our first day that we spent together in Sydney, and I, one of the quotes and one of the things I work with my clients on is anxiety. And when we're anxious, we often go to what if, and then we go to the negative: what if this happens, or what if you go to Australia? And one of that my scenario. friends was yes. like, "What if he cuts you up into tiny pieces <clears throat> and mails?" I didn't even have his <laughs> so that's where our what if goes negatively. And yeah. I have consistently yeah. been working on the other what if, which I call mm. that one's the what if monster. I say the what if fairy is what if it all works out better than you ever imagined, and. So So I have a picture of us kissing at Manly Wharf, and it's what if, and yeah, I can share. An actual picture. An actual picture of us. And then I put the quote, like, what if it all ends up better than you ever imagined. Oh, my goodness. So when you got off the plane, and Paul, we love Paul,
1: was standing here. He can come to the party. He he can 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 Paul, you're invited to the party.
0: (laughs) So obviously
1: you were physically
0: attracted to him straight away.
2: Yeah, I was. I don't know if that. I mean, have you got? Had you guys Facetime? We had or... Facetime, oh, okay. and so actually, you... we had on WhatsApp. We had done the video, and that's actually so funny because the first video he sent of me to me, yeah. we had gone back and forth mm. on, on Inside mm-hmm. Timer, and then he sent he's he sent me a video, and he said in the in the text before yeah. I saw the video, he said, "Well, it's been nice knowing you." Oh, <laughs> I still tease him so oh, his video because oh, he has his own story that he can talk about, but yeah. he was like in a black hat with sunglasses, and he was like. The <laughs> listeners didn't want can't to be hear sitting. me, but he yeah. was like turning around. he was like, "Hi, Susie." Oh <laughs> my god, it was going so well until this point. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "Take off the hatch Yeah, your no, because <laughs> I just had visuals of you yeah. hadn't seen him before. Right. I thinking this is the world's biggest blind date yeah, across the world. he but, Okay, had that so feeling about me actually, because mm-hmm. when I came off Sydney International, you're like, yeah. I come off and I'm like, oh. I'm like I'm totally like my family's telling everyone I'm crazy. My kids are oh, like, my "Mom, my what are you doing?" Just <laughs> imagine I've taken every penny I have. It's a big, but you got to take these sleeps, and so yeah. anyhow and I don't see him right away and he said that he had been hanging back having that thought so maybe that's an Australian thought because <laughs> yeah. I'm like bring it He's, I just wanted to make sure that he, oh I, okay like, what was some... he going to do you know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie The
1: Wedding Crash stage five clinger <laughs> He goes running
2: off. I see a man running in the background. I'm like, ball. Black hat falling off. I see a out the door. I him. Yes. Oh, my, yes. Oh my
0: yes. goodness. You end up in Australia. That is just yeah. extraordinary. I know. So I know. Yeah.
1: Susie, after yeah. having that initial relationship mm-hmm. that was clearly patriarchal, conditioning from the get-go, mm-hmm. generations work by the sound of it, how did you go then in this relationship, obviously, we're dealing with a different person, but you mm. do a lot about boundaries and codependency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're interested in this. so interested in mm-hmm. how you now set up your relationships or, yeah. Yeah. So what are we best to talk about first, codependency or boundaries? I just am going to like
2: totally throw something else in there, emotional okay. intelligence. Okay. So for emotional it. intelligence. I'm just going <laughs> to hand you over to <laughs> Susan. <laughs> emotional intelligence is something we, they didn't even know about when we were going through anyone listening to the Don't Give a 50 if you're over 50. We didn't even know about it when we were going through elementary and no. Cool. And so it's something that both boundaries and codependency, you have to understand emotional intelligence to, to be able to then enforce cleanly and calmly boundaries and codependency. So emotional intelligence is basically just that things happen. We have thoughts about those things that happen. And then we have feelings based on our thoughts. We don't have feelings based on the things that happen. Paul bringing me flowers today. So if Paul, if I go home and there are flowers on the tip, pot, that's the thing that happens. I might have the thought like, oh, my God, why is he bringing me flowers? I hate flowers. I don't know I what would my be. thought might my, my, <laughs> be. Paul's brought me flowers. He must really love me because okay. I'm awesome. And how are you going <laughs> to feel? <laughs> yeah, great. Okay. Mm. So if my ex brought me flowers, I was like, what did he do? And I'd be mm. curious or suspicious. So the uh. feeling of suspicion or love doesn't come from the fact of the buying, it comes from our thoughts, and that's emotional intelligence. That our feelings come from our thoughts, and so that's important. Then when we get into codependency, so I define codependency as the over involvement first with someone else's feeling state or life experience. So we are over. It's almost like we're having the experience ourselves or the feeling. So. This comes up a lot in parenting. Like your kid will be upset that they missed the science test and they're sad and then we're sad. Or it came up for me in my house growing up where it was you were playing the music too loud and you made dad mad. Okay, I just said, I'm playing the music too loud my dad being mad is because of his thought. Maybe he's thinking the thought, Susie's disrespecting me because I should be working on this. Or maybe I'm playing the music loud and he has the thought, oh my God, Susie's having fun. This is so great. I love hearing her like enjoy music. It's his feeling. So just the emotional intelligence work is something I can't, underline enough because we weren't Mm. raised with it. And it's emotional intelligence is not like a switch that you flip. Okay, got it. I'm there. It is like intellectual intelligence. There's always more to learn. So it's just this awareness of that our feelings come from our thoughts. And oh, where are we skipping that step there to make us act Possibly codependently, or another, and this is where boundaries comes up too. A friend asks you to come over for dinner, and you're thinking like, "Oh my god, I'm, I've had a really busy day," and but you say yes because you're thinking, "Oh, I don't want her to feel yep. upset." That's codependent. You can't the... control her yeah. feelings. Mm. So you saying, no, I can't come over, she might think, what a bad friend, I'm no longer... And then she might feel upset, or she might think, oh, thank God, I didn't really want to invite Oh, her my gosh. <laughs> okay. I'm so busy myself. But it's, yeah, we're, it's codependent. So when I look at codependency, <laughs> if you have a continuum or like a pendulum, like on one side, you have codependency, which is this, you're over-involved in someone else's feelings. It's you're taking responsibility for their feelings. So you're taking responsibility for your friend's feelings, or you're taking responsibility for your husband's so feelings. Th- that
1: or- almost... Plays into that people pleasing. Is it almost like if I'm keeping them happy, that is a good relationship? Yeah. Is that kind of codependency?
2: Yeah. absolutely. Like people pleasing comes out of our thought. I'm my happiness is dependent on me keeping them happy, and we're also thinking that we can influence their happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And that's and it just but then emotional intelligence goes. No, we're in
2: charge of that. Yeah. Your thoughts. Yeah. And so there's one side of the spectrum is codependency. The other side of the spectrum is just independence. You'll see that in a relationship. If it's a a marital relationship, someone will say, I'm really upset that you said this. And they're like, tough. For you i'm going golfing right? that's not <clears throat> relationship yeah. that's like lone wolf yeah. ice queen yeah that's others and what we're going for is the space in between which i call interdependence which is this I, I use sort of two frameworks for it like one plus one equals three so it's like i stand in my power and say what i want like i actually don't want to come to dinner tonight because i'm my schedule is so full and the other friend stands in their power so it's one plus one, and they're like, actually, I'd like you to come for dinner because I love your company. And then together you're stronger. And Paul says, I want, I want to go to Brisbane for my brother's wedding, and I say, I want to stay home and work. But it's just, it's just letting mm. everyone have their own frigging experiences. That was a ridiculous example. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to go to Brisbane? No, I'm like, of course you're going go to be Mel Brisbane. and Trish. We're going to get <laughs> together, we're going <laughs> to chat. <laughs> but it's me right. thinking that I'm making Paul happy by going to Brisbane, yes. or it, I'm like it's his thoughts that are making him happy. Mm -hmm. So it's this interdependence that is, I was working on a lot before getting into any other relationship, because I really found that with my people pleasing and need, Mm -hmm. it was like this good girl. Oh, okay. Like if I do Mm -hmm. this, then I'll be good sort Mm -hmm. of mentality. I was abandoning myself. And it was, it's just this like self abandonment. I'm not speaking up for what I want.
0: Amongst the women that you coach, how does this idea of codependency or this situation of codependency, how does it show up
2: in midlife? A lot. What does it look like? It can look like a certain – so I see it. In two main places with if they have kids and also in their partnerships and their relationships. I think ultimately the question, I have a quiz that I'll give you guys on how codependent are you, which there are lots of good questions in there to see like how far <laughs> you are on this. Sp- which the, is OK. We all have, we mm. were raised this way. I did a lot of study on it. And it's really movies show you this model that Cinderella makes Prince Charming happy or mm. and the books we used to read. It's all mm. this, oh, Susie made Johnny happy by saying. Yes, to and ultimately I influenced them, but I didn't. It's their thoughts, and we can't get into people's heads. So I see it in two places in relationships, and with two places in relationships with their spouses and then also their kids. And actually, I should add a third if they have aging parents, my parents are not in my life right now for reasons that I talked about earlier alluded to. But if you had aging parents that were like, I need you to come over, because this is a great example that comes up a lot like a mom, I'm you know, a 70 or whatever year old mom who's I'm so bored, I'm so lonely, I don't have any friends, you need to come over over the kids need to call me or and they're like really it's like they're making a guilt sandwich and they're just like oh here we just have to realize that you can't make your mom lonely bored sad guilt like none of that it's your mom's thoughts and her actions that are and it's not your responsibility also to fix her loneliness. We can have compassion for people 100 percent and be like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, that's so sorry, Mom. That's awful. And what are you going to do about that? But it, it, codependency, what ends up happening is we tend to overfunction or fix in areas that then we don't allow the other person to live their own life so that exact oh, example yes. we might overfunction and be like okay and then we get on our kids butts to be like why haven't you called grandma or yeah. <laughs> we're like we're going to come over and play cards and even though we're sitting there playing cards we're like i'm again i need to do the laundry so we're feeling mm. resentful we're being the people pleaser mm. to our mother we're also allowing our mother or whoever the person is here to underfunction and not what, okay. what I know is that That's you do not make change as a human until you are uncomfortable enough to make the change mm, until you have the to. human brain like mm-hmm. the human brain is here to keep us alive and it has a motivational triad that it just it avoids pain seeks comfort it is just it's totally like you're alive so we don't care if you're playing cards with your mom like you can be <laughs> unhappy <laughs> but in order to change we have to get uncomfortable enough like I had to get uncomfortable enough in my marriage to finally be like oh my gosh enough and draw that to take action and so for the mother Mm. the the mother Mm. who's aged mother who's lonely and bored she has to get uncomfortable enough with her boredom without other people fixing it for her to be like oh I'm going to go reach out I'm going to go to that bridge group or I'm going to go to the bingo or I'm going to go to the instead of continually blaming her All right, we're going to take a quick break while we all draw breath
1: because we've got a lot to talk about and we'll be back right after this so 50s Tribe, let us us tell you about one of our little favourite shopping haunts, Sweet Charlotte Studio. So they have two
0: standalone stores on the Sunshine Coast. However, they have a really large online store and this is important for all our 50-ishers who don't live on the sunny coast and
1: can't access. Yes, like me. If you live remote like (laughs) me, it's very handy. The website itself is so easy to navigate and you may even recognise some of the models when you go on there.
0: Yes, because Trish and I are on there quite a lot. (laughs) which is just an absolute thrill to do that. So yeah, if you jump online, you will see us. Staff are super helpful. So if you
1: are shopping online, you can always give them a call or reach out. Also, they have heaps of natural fibres, linens and silks and gorgeous relaxed styles that I
0: absolutely love. Visit their website, sweetcharlottestudio.com.au to get 10% off your first order. Enter the code DGAF10. That's DGAF in capitals,
3: 10.
1: Susie, okay. can I ask, when you're talking about codependency, one thing that I noticed then was with children, and I see this all the time, I'm sure we're all guilty of it at some times, but when our kids have problems and we try and dive in and fix it for mm-hmm. them, I think it's called the lawnmower parent or the helicopter parent mm-hmm. or whatnot, and it's just what somebody said to me once that really resonated was you're actually stealing that opportunity For them to learn their life lesson, if that's part of their journey, then they're going to have to keep learning that lesson. So if you take that off them, then they're going to have to go through it again.
2: Hundred percent. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about that now? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to sound smart. That's all. No, I am like, that's absolutely what happens. And I actually my background is in I got my master's of education and I taught kids and then I have a very popular parenting teens class where I talk about this. That we it's that same idea that we have to let people suffer to grow, yet as parents it is very hard to see people we love suffering, whether it's our mother who's lonely, our spouse who's stressed, or our kid who's maybe having an experience socially that we don't want them to have. Mm, That's on us. Like it's the kid comes home and say they're, they're like, oh my God, no one sat with me at lunch today. And we're just like... Okay, uh-huh. but look at what you're wearing.
3: Not we say
2: that. <laughs> Who was it? What did they do? What did they look like? I'm right, yeah, like, going to call the school. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for them at the gate. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's the That's the, the, the lawnmower. <laughs> the hell, like yeah. we yeah. rush in, and what we're they doing snap there I'm like a twig. We're quote unquote fixing, but what we're doing mm. is we're doing it from our life experience. So yes. it's and why do we have that information? Because we've we, had the lived experience. Yeah, that is the mm. and so we have to let them live the experience before we rush in. Yeah. To we can still yes. nurture so we'll support, but we don't have so to yeah. fix. One of my favorite tools there is called Stinks and Handle, or if the kid is older, I say Sucks and Handle. And so they come home, and they're like, no one sat with me at lunch. And so your job as a parent is you have two ears and one mouth. Close the mouth. Keep the ears open and you listen and you help them. So, this is the emotional intelligence again. They have a feeling and they feel open enough with you to share it. So, let them share it. Let them have the feeling. Mm -hmm. You're like, it was so hard. It was miserable. I was embarrassed. It was, and you're just like, oh my gosh. So, you spend time and that sucks. Oh, that sucks or that stinks. I'm sorry. Tell me more. And the more time you can actually, we know from research, the more time you can sit with them in that emotion and even say something like, where were you sitting? Like, the more details they can bring to it. Yeah, I was in the cafeteria and, oh, was it sunny? or dark, that all helps them get back in that physical state and process it. And so then if we're doing that as a parent, so we're listening more than we're talking, Mm. what you'll notice with your kid is the emotion, because an emotion is energy in motion. The energy sort of spins out. And they either get to a yes. place yep. where then they maybe are victiming and they're like, yeah, it's Susie's fault because she did. Or they're like, they shrug their shoulders of, yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. And what's your mm-hmm. snack? Yeah, right. <laughs> or on. they're like, the well, process, next. Yeah. Or they do what we probably would have like some of the advice, but well, I'm going to talk to her and I'll say, tomorrow, or I'll mm-hmm. wear a different shirt tomorrow. I, I don't know what, the, but they yeah. learn to fix it themselves instead of <laughs> us jumping in. And for that, and trying to fix because it then them. what we're doing is exactly what we were saying with codependency is that over or under functioning again. We're over functioning, allowing them to under function. And one of the main things we've seen with COVID and post is a huge rise in anxiety of teens and young adults post COVID because. And the parents were anxious, too. But we're getting in and, like, over-helicoptering and over lawn because we're telling ourselves, like, this has been such a hard time for our kids. So we need to oh yeah. blah, 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 But then we're almost, like, making it seem like they can't handle it. Yeah. Gotcha. And then it also... Puts you in this place, and part of the problem with codependency is you can feel a lot of resentment sometimes. Say mm-hmm. your kid does come home and say they didn't sit with me at the table, and you don't do you don't use this fancy new tool of sucks and handle. And so this, I'm sorry, I didn't even explain the sucks and handle. The handle part is you when the emotions spinned out, then you say, "How are you going to handle it?" Uh, and they might be like, ah, "I'm done. What's for snack?" Or they might be like, "Tomorrow I'm going to go." Or so yes. they problem solve on their own. And now I lost my train of thought of where I was going okay. after that. But you use the sucks and handle. Oh, I know that you. You feel resentment. And so if you don't use a sex and handle tool and you sit there and you say something like, maybe you should talk to Louise or do you want me to call the school or you go in and you do the fix it. The next day or a week later when they're like, oh, they didn't sit with me at lunch. And you're like, "Okay, did you talk to Louise? And they're like, no, because they didn't ask for your advice. So they're just you are like, what the heck did I wait? Like you feel resentful. Mm -hmm. And it's this we need to slow that down, that advice giving. Mm -hmm. One of the main things with codependency, I say just check yourself. And uh, before you open your mouth, did they ask for your advice? And this so would go- that's got. Yeah.
0: such good mm. advice because I oh. am.
2: I give. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I <laughs> met out lots of advice. I, well, what's advice? my
1: saying? Take my advice, not, not use it. it. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's so good. That's so perfect. Yeah. It's
1: really hard to do. It is it's, really oh, hard. Yeah. I think to listen and let them get to that handle at point. It doesn't matter if it's your children, your husband or anyone because I think you care for them so much. You want to you rush feel in. like and... you've got so much wisdom in the answers <laughs> for everything. And life experience. Yeah. And yeah. you just have to... So it's my the therapist
2: once told me to shut the f up. Yes, that, that was in a that right. was a helpful tool. He wasn't
1: being rude to me. No. I
2: just, it is super important. So part of this is recognizing that, yes, it is hard. And it's like turning to ourselves. So we're trying to fix them because we're like, oh, my God, they're having a hard experience. Let me mm. help them. Yep. But what I want you to do is, is turn to you and be like, this is so hard to see a loved one struggling. This is so. So give yourself that nurturing so you can close your mouth. Because what you're doing when you're trying to give them is you're trying to get them out of that emotional state really fast. And unfortunately, it doesn't work. If it worked, I'd be like, go for it. (laughs) But like unsolicited advice is usually 99% of the time not taken. So we need Mm -hmm. to wait until they get that energy out of there. And then and comfort ourselves that it is mm. hard. This is challenging. It is hard to hear your mother say she's lonely or your kids say that they're upset. We're trying to
0: in a sense, we're trying to fast track them out of that mm -hmm. uncomfortable state that you mentioned before which is what we need to face in order to change. Yeah. We're tr- and, yes, and,
2: and we're trying and, to do it so that we feel better. That's the codependency, mm. over-involved in their feelings. What, yeah. I like saying so lovingly detached is one of the keywords I like using with parenting where it's like you can be completely loving and all oh, the empathy in the world. Oh, my gosh, that must have been so hard to be sitting alone. I'm so mm. sorry. But detached, it's not yours to solve. It's not like to sit back, close your mouth, let them have that experience so they get to the discomfort. Lonely detached. Susie, That's what I change. catch
1: myself doing
2: is when I'm
1: in that situation with them and I'm listening or whether it be children, friends, parents, whomever, and then you will draw a comparison potentially to a time in your life and you share that story with them thinking that it will help them for you, for them. Is that just bullshit and self-indulgent? I'm not going to tell you I, it's
0: bullshit. I share a lot of stories as well. <laughs> i don't why, but
2: I just, as soon as I said that, I'm thinking, oh my god, that's so not the right thing yeah. to do. It's, it's totally human. Again, we're trying mm. we're
1: trying to don't manage, manage our It's emotions, like, it's all about but, me, it's all about me. Yes. But that's, mm. I guess in trying, yeah, anyway. I mean, so you watch them.
2: So, so I always like to be a Detective, so watch them, but I would say in general, no. Because what usually, certainly if the kid is 25 or under, their brain is not yet at a development stage mm. where they're like relating your experience and their experience. Okay. They're much more likely, mm. their brain is actually looking for the inaccuracies in it. it it's, uh, well, yes. you said oh, that, and so oh, then yeah. they get into this debate where then the whole opportunity yeah. is yeah. lost. It's no, yeah. well, this is, yeah, well, how about this happened to me? Yeah, so, I know. Oh, no, like, but as soon yes, as you actually. see them going defensive, that's when like it, it <clears> defensiveness yeah. is that first thing and it's like, okay back up like cowgirl, yeah. girl like
3: yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah okay what were That's you true. saying
2: you felt what <laughs> this has nothing to do with my experience you're right yeah. <laughs> I've never experienced anything like this
1: so mm. does this part of the codependency and then we talk about boundaries and yeah. one of the other podcasts I was listening to on the way down you were doing some brilliant stuff on setting boundaries and I know we talk about boundaries but I would really love to deep Di- dive deep. <laughs> <Sorry. right>? yeah, <laughs> deep dive deep, yeah, right. <laughs> Susie, in the lead up, I've been listening to some of your podcasts and I really love your work on boundaries mm. and setting boundaries. I was listening to one and we're talking about kids again and also parents, like the phones and having just, can you explain your kind of framework around boundaries?
2: Yeah, yes. Boundaries to me, the definition of a boundary is a guideline for how you want to be treated in a relationship. Which is very different than a lot of how we're taught boundaries, that it's more like something you're doing to someone else. Like you can't do that, almost like a punishment or aggressive, aggressive. And boundaries are very calm and empowering. It is. And so an example not related to kids, but an example I use with my parents is my dad used to yell at me and tell me the ways that I was I shouldn't leave the marriage, what I was doing wrong. And I set the boundary that if you yell at me, I will and whether I was in there, I will leave the room or I will hang up the hmm. phone or I will. Yep. And so, a guideline for me in relationships, I will not be yelled at. It doesn't matter if it's <laughs> my dad, it doesn't matter if it's you, it doesn't matter. I will not be yelled at. And so, I just said, if you continue to yell at me, I'll leave the room. I'm not telling him what to do. So, I, yeah. he can yell at me. I'm like, oh, there's my dad yelling at me. Yep. Dad, I don't allow people to yell at me, so I'm going to leave the room. And <laughs> it's very much calmer on my way. And I'm not mm. taking it so personal. Oh, my God, look at my dad yelling at me. This is so bad. Why is he mm. doing that? It's just, oh, my dad's a yeller. So, therefore, or, mm. you get upset and angry. But as soon as you hear that, you just go, okay.
1: I don't do yelling. I'm going to leave the room. I don't do yelling.
2: And it is I'm not saying it doesn't like your nervous system isn't like, why is someone yelling? at me? It makes it it takes the personalization out of it, which then now when I can give you an example with teenagers is helpful. So one of the boundaries we had in my house and another word for boundaries, again, I'll remind you is guidelines. We had the guideline that you had to plug your phone in downstairs. The rooms were all upstairs. So you plug your phone in downstairs before you go to bed. All my sons, not one of them liked that boundary. Yeah, you it's know, funny. I, I have similar boundaries in my house and get a bit of pushback as well.
1: Mm. Exactly. Oh, Mom, they don't have to do that when they're over at anyone else's house, especially with their
2: friends are right over. Oh, my God, So part
1: of a boundary it's is. It's funny because like, they're moms, we all have the same conversation. Yeah.
2: Mm. But even if they don't, like, like mm. for my dad, he might be like, your sisters let me yell at them. I'm like, fine. That's not, mm. that's, t-. so for me, it was like, okay, in this house, your phones are plugged in downstairs and I had the added bonus that they have their dad's house and they're like dad doesn't I'm like dad's house this is dad's what we do downstairs. and mm-hmm. if you want ho- oh, <laughs> 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 to know my reasons we all know dad's an i oh sorry but if you want to know my reasons I'll tell I always say that yeah. if you want to know my, with my dad if he wants to know why I don't allow people to yell at me mm-hmm. no one really as is as interested in your reasons as you think you are and that's where we sometimes get into trouble certainly with parenting when we're explaining our guidelines oh, like maybe we have the guideline that they can't go to a party without parents present and then we're just like because that and it's all oh my that's all lost. Just leave oh, it. And my- I
1: heard you talk about this and mm-hmm. what did you call it? I absolutely loved it. Diarrhea mouth. Oh, oh that's oh me my gosh I suffer from that that's yeah. and in my head I'm going okay that's enough be quiet yeah, all and of a sudden it comes stop in yeah. my head I'm you, going shut up and my yeah. mouth's going because right. another I'm idea going, no, you know, comes, comes in be quiet you yeah. yeah.
2: have to get it out and, mm. but so that's where it's, <laughs> I think so, I even get it on this podcast talking <laughs> over people <laughs> <laughs> I love it no but it is that like over explaining that comes from a defensiveness in us usually from women I see it a lot where we're like we really are taught that good girl mentality again that you're Wrong, so we need to plead our case. Need like, let me tell you why it. I'm right. Why? Yes. And then we yes.
1: almost need to explain to the other person <laughs> to make
2: them feel better. That's what again. I'm saying. Let yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm it's like shocker. No, we just have to state our boundary as clear and concisely as we can. That the phones are downstairs. If you want to talk about, it, we can. And and then you expect the other person to have some sort of reaction, and you don't take that personally either. Like when they're and it's just this. I have a whole episode on like assumptions where we get into trouble with boundaries, where we assume the kid is going to be like, okay, mom, great idea. Or so great. Thanks for, no, but thanks when we, for protecting me from ex- myself, mom. I know. <laughs> so glad I don't have EMF rays in my head. Wow. <laughs> thank you. When I'm 50, and I don't have brain cancer. No, they aren't going to go <laughs> there. But the, So one example that I like to say that is so helpful for we can see why we don't have to have diarrhea mouth or explain ourselves is that if you so say you have a daughter, she's in a bar and someone puts his hand on her butt and she has All a I guideline. Is heaven help him. She has a guideline that's. I don't allow people that I'm not, like, to touch my butt. She just says, take your hand off my butt. She doesn't have to explain herself. She doesn't have to yes. say, in eighth grade, I went to, she's just like, take your hand. My if grandma doesn't like a book saying, it, this is shit. my body. Yeah. <laughs> explain good right. touches and bad touches. Yes, but it's very similar. So that's a yeah. guideline she has, for, she has for herself. And we don't have to explain them. If we can follow up, but we don't have to. So let me ask this question.
1: My husband will quite often say, Trish, you don't need to explain the rule just Mm -hmm. set it and explain Mm -hmm. it. And in some parenting stuff, they go, okay, we don't give them enough credit for being intelligent enough to explain the situation to. Mm -hmm. So I might go into that explaining because I thought that, okay, that kind of, rather than gives them a sense of power and a mm-hmm. sense of explaining why rather than just going no you've got no
2: power this mm-hmm. is the rule so, so but- i would say the same thing we do when they come home with a big emotion is you wait for them to question okay so it's that say you do have the rule that they can't you know, mm. drive with more than four people in their car or something you say it you're like hey we have this guideline it's like you can't or you can't go to someone's house without xyz and yep. if they're like why mom perfect opportunity for you okay. to say. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're like that's dumb because that's- my husband will go because I said so and that's I'm not saying it's that's not, not helpful but no. what we want is when we're setting boundaries with kids or other people but particularly kids I like to bring attention to that we have two jobs there one to set guidelines like that is part of our job as parents to give them something to push against that is their stage of development until they're 25 like they need to push against something oh. and so we have to have guidelines like we don't want a total permissive household actually mm. that's a good I talk about roller coaster bar parenting the roller coaster bar yeah. like you get yeah. on a roller coaster the first thing you do with the roller coaster is pull the bar towards you mm-hmm. and if it's too tight you're like freaked out yeah. so you and, and then very next thing you do is push it away and if it goes all the way to the ground you're totally freaked out you want it in the middle that's where we want Ah. our parenting you don't want it too tight like you can't brush your teeth without asking like my upbringing and you don't want it too loose like anything goes Mm. we want it somewhere in the middle so our two jobs so they still feel safe but they've got enough room to they have to feel they matter You matter Mm. to me. So you matter to me. I'm not going to let you just drive off in a car, whatever our guidelines are. But so we have got so first is we have guidelines. The second is that we let our kids feel their feelings. That's part of what we're doing in our houses now that we know about emotional intelligence is that it's okay? So they're going to be upset. They have ways they can be upset. Yelling at me is not appropriate. Calling me names is not that doesn't work. That's a boundary of mine. I don't let my kids Mm. swear at me or that's whatever. But we let them. Oh, I see that. you're. Of course, you're angry. I'd probably Mm. be angry, too, is something I say to my kids. I would probably think I'm ridiculous, too. I have reasons if you want to hear my reasons. Mm. But, oh, I hear you're upset or I hear you think I'm, of course, you think I'm ruining your social life. I totally get it. We want to do more of that, like, sucks part of it. Like, oh, that sucks. Totally. Sucks that I'm the one doing this. (laughs) And I'm sorry (laughs) that you don't understand. Got to do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. Saying I told you shuts down the conversation and can lead them feeling unheard. So Mm. if the kid asks why, that's what we're waiting for. Like, why? Then to say, let me tell you my reasons. And then you expect the kid not to agree with your reasons. Like they don't have your life experience, but that's okay. And so the kid is going to be like, that's wrong, dad. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. You're like, I get that you think that. I totally understand that you don't, that's when we don't, that's when we use our emotional intelligence again. We don't take it personally. We're like, of course you think I'm standing in the way of you and like this fun, crazy, drinking sexual adventure of course you're angry with me <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you go on it? <laughs> why wouldn't you do
3: that you don't understand but
2: it's like allowing our kids to have yeah. their feelings is really big too in a way that is within the guidelines again like that you're not a doormat i always say yeah you let them do it but unconditional love of your kid and their experience doesn't mean unconditional tolerance so it's not like you're then a doormat yeah right.
1: with that with your children and the parent bantering back and forth. I have a daughter and a husband who are very similar in personality types and they very much like to have the last word. And sometimes I find when they're debating with each other, neither of them, seems to be listening to what the other person's saying and why they're saying it they just want to be heard is there any advice you can give me to give them or i'm sure so for people, you i'm like well, leave the room Leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> yes i have
2: done that because, before because... even during a family game of monopoly i'm like this is shit and left. Like, <laughs> so 100 so in relationships and this happens often in relationship, we have a triangle we do not want triangle in relationships so at okay. the bottom of the triangle you have your husband and your daughter and a straight line between them as they're debating and they have there's certain way of debating, and maybe it's uncomfortable for them, and they're not. But when you get involved in that triangle, mm. and maybe you say to your husband, "You didn't listen to her," all of a sudden you're adding drama. That's the drama triangle. So you're adding drama because you saying something to your husband, like you didn't listen to her. He then his energy that he was directing towards is now directed towards you. Like mm-hmm. Trish, why are you getting involved? Like back then, yeah. your daughter might she might not have enough discomfort. To have the growth curve where she learns to say, "Dad, yes. that's inappropriate," or "You cut me off." She's there, like she yeah. might be learning skills of communicate, and then she gets the message from you, like, "Oh, Mom doesn't think I can handle it." So, Mom needs to come in and rescue and overfunction. So, I'll underfunction and I'll just once so we want to flatten that triangle. Yes. Mom, stay out flatten of it. Flatten the listen. triangle. Now, Push. if later the daughter comes to you and she said, "Dad never listens," you use the sucks and handle. You said, "That stinks. I'm yeah. sorry. I can see how you think that. Tell me about it." And then when Dad goes, she doesn't listen to me. Say, "That stinks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell mm. me about." Got it. How are you mm. going to handle that? How could you have handled it differently? Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, I, but it's I like, know. yeah. It's what would you have done different? Is there anything you need to repair? Would you like because me to give you the the my opinion?
3: Here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Pope>. <laughs> yes. Ask for permission. Would you like me to give you my <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. But so I am mad. Like if you hold off on your opinion for a week or two, yeah, because yeah. he might say yes. This is where I find <clears> with teen <throat> girls or young adult girls, they often are, they're like handing over their authority to us very often. They're like, oh my God, we don't know what to do, so what would you do? And maybe you're. husband also is, what should I do? I did it. But he isn't having the space to pause and think of what I would do differently and internalize that. So then in the moment... He does something differently. We just want you out of the equation. Yeah, great. Happy to do <laughs> that. The mission granted. Yeah, <laughs> Trish. Bring these earphones home. Put them over. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> do you break it on it. This is. I'm deep breathing. <laughs> I'm gonna <an> exit station. <laughs> yeah. Say this is between you two. This yeah. is hard for. Mm. I, I would say this is mm. hard for me to see. And then one of the things I like to do because I was involved in that, I would see that a lot with my sons and their dad, and I would just say that this is the experience they need to be having to Mm. learn communication skills I think Mm. a
1: lot of women feel responsible for the relationships Mm -hmm. in the family not only their own with their kids but making sure that they've got healthy relationships with their fathers, their grandparents Mm -hmm. their whomever and you always feel like you're pushed and pulled pushed and pulled and also i think courting all of those relationships well, yeah. keeping everyone and that's the codependency yeah. and that's mm. where
2: i'm like w- like i want people to listen to my podcast on codependency and do some of the well, work let me I, I will be. codependency yeah. because, because clearly, codependency i have a lot to work on if you feel so responsible that's it's like oh my mm. god i'm responsible for my daughter's relationship with her grandfather or her grandmother or her dad or and you aren't you yeah. absolutely aren't they might have certain relationships because of the consequences Of their actions, and we want them to own that. That's the one, that's the, oh, honey, I'm sorry that you feel like you can't communicate very well with our daughter. But you're not taking any responsibility. You're like, sucks. That totally stinks. Yeah. And it's just, and when I'm in that situation myself, one thing I say to myself is that this is the exact whomever, so fill in the blank, this is the exact dad that my daughter Needs to yeah. become the woman she's going to be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or This is the exact grandfather that my yeah. daughter needs to mm. learn how to, say, take your hand off my hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever it or is. You are not a boundary. Like, mm. you're, please don't comment about my body size or my anything.
0: Yeah. I know I'm very quiet. I think it's because I'm taking it all in. And my, my so my brain is going at 100 miles an hour oh my at the gosh. moment. There are little sparkles
2: just, above I, your head. <laughs> I still
0: think it's the magnesium bath that I had yesterday. is still. But Susie, unfortunately, we are running out of time. And Trish and I have made lots and lots of notes. And we've so already fun. got ideas for topics that we can chat to you about in a future Yay. episode. But we want to ask you our wrap-up question, which is, if you could go back in time, what would the 50-ish Susie tell the 20-ish Susie?
2: I thought of this a lot because of exactly of everything we've been talking about, like advice, like if the 50 year old Susie told her something specific, she'd probably be like, I don't want your advice. <laughs> but I do <laughs> so think do you? the one thing I would like her to lead to is to pay as much or more attention to your mental health as you do to your physical health because I spent a lot of time in my teens and 20s and 30s really focusing on what I look like, what my externally, and that emotional mental health is where it's all at. That's where life satisfaction comes from. That's where my podcast show is Love Love Your Life Show. What is the name of my show? <laughs>
1: love Your Life Show. We <laughs> that effect on people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But blanks. you not
2: exactly. But that love, like loving mm-hmm. of your life isn't because you have the new pair of jeans or you have the fancy white picket fence or the, mm-hmm. whatever I had when I had my kids. And I was living in the house and mm. I had it all and inside it was very empty. So I would tell my 20-year-old self to please prioritize her yeah. mental health. Get a coach would be the short answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. If <laughs> only they brain. I actually know they didn't, I, a, when we were younger, so we would have
0: benefited <laughs> yes. so much from <laughs> having like life coaching yes. and that that mentoring mm. and nurturing. That's why I got into coaching because yeah. I, I had gone
2: to therapy for years, years. and then yeah. I had – Mm. My first meeting with my coach and she changed my life in one sentence. Wow. Um, And then I I was going to go to therapy and and I got out of therapy school and was like, okay. Yeah, (laughs) interesting. Yeah, Yeah, very, very interesting. I did
1: purchase a set of the Tony Robbins (laughs) CDs back in the day. He's a
2: life coach. shopping channel. Yeah, that's all it. I, I wasn't allowed to coaching in my time. No, you wouldn't be allowed to. Too. I wasn't allowed to watch TV growing up. It's, I don't oh. know where I grew up. It's, well, it, but look well, at well, you now, darling. I know right we now. should have a picture that's because they're going to be like, is she." Thing.
0: We will. <laughs> She's fabulous. <laughs> oh, absolutely fabulous. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> so that's it from us today. We'll put links to Susie's socials and website in our episode show notes, so you can access more of all that she has to offer. She is also kindly putting a codependency quiz in there, the link Will all be in the show notes, so check it out. Don't forget to stay in touch, follow us on Instagram at don't give a fifty or email us at hello at don't dot 50comau If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like us to discuss, or if you would like to put yourself or someone you know forward to be a guest, go to our website, don't au. And while you're there, sign up to be part of our 50-ish tribe. We'd love to have you with us. Also, and very importantly, please continue to rate and review our podcast and thank you to those who have already done so. Remember, gorgeous 50 ishes, life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we are all 50 and awesome, regardless of age. And living and ageing is an absolute privilege, and just being awesome is our right.
1: Susie, thank you so much. Mm. And I'm so excited that you came to Brisbane for your brother in law's wedding yeah, and you chose too. to spend some of the time with us. I'm so, so, so thank excited. you. Let me up. Thank you. Thank
0: <laughs> you so much, Susie. You're awesome. <laughs>
2: Because <laughs> it's supposed to be
0: <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,